All right, here we go, everybody. Welcome to the Interlocking NY Show with Jimmy Palumbo and... Rick Antonori here. Rick Antonori. I can actually get his name right. Uh, <laughs> I think that's five weeks in a row. I haven't heard nasty things from his family. Well, compared to um, your softball comeback, is this is more like a hitting streak for you, getting my name right? or Yes, this is very important to me. I'm a very streaky hitter, and getting your name right is important. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I actually got it down now, I think. And maybe we'll drop this five-week-in-a-row joke. I don't know. But uh, it's good to be back here on Interlocking NYs. Uh, lots of crazy things happening. Um, first of all, I guess we got a, one of the elephant in the room is I was watching uh, Kluber yesterday throw a no-no. Oh, that was, uh, you know what? He pitched, he pitched a gem, man. Gem. My God. I've got to be honest. I, when I moved to Ohio, um, I was, you know, being a Met fan, I wasn't going to watch the Reds. So I started watching the Cleveland Indians. And I, you know, I picked up on him. When he did his um, how, with his Cy Young year with the Cleveland Indians, and right. I gotta be honest with you, I, I he was a hell of a pitcher, hell of a pitcher. Right? You know, so he, uh, I know. Listen, he had some big injuries, and he uh, his demeanor on the mound. Um, again, and, and baseball fans, it, it's kind of cool when your pitcher's going well. When he has a cool demeanor on the mound, of course, if he's giving up eight runs a game, you don't care what demeanor he has. I don't care. No, he's right. Doing yeah, jumping that, jack. Yeah, you can't have that. Yeah. So. But he was he was locked in yesterday. Um, uh, his curveball for the first strike was uncanny. He was nipping the outside corner with it. I it was low. Right. The curve was like that low curve. Yeah. Um, but watching him and when then he, he's on, he could he could hit a dime on a wall from sixty feet right. six inches out. That's how and, he he's just impeccable with his with his uh precision and and the great thing about Kluber I thought which is, is so rare he doesn't throw that hard so they're saying with his injury with his injury he's not throwing 99 miles an hour you know no, he's I, moving things around he, he he was I mean four or five years ago he was topping out around 93 to 95 yeah which which right now is you, you don't make the team if you're throwing that hard so that's true uh, the, you could really he, he, he pitched but I, I got I got listen I'm a Yankee fan it was awesome to watch uh, I think any baseball fan, I've actually watched now uh, three of the no-hitters I caught the last inning. Um, MLB had it on network. Um, it, it's Even if you don't even care, you just, it's just cool to watch, you know. Um, and you're hoping that it's not a bad call by the um, – you want it to be a pure one. And listen, he only had one guy on base last night, so it was a great game. But I got to tell you, I think – and this is a, uh, this could be a long discussion. I don't know what your thoughts are on it. You're, you're a baseball coach. I'm just a fan. It seems to me that they got to do, I don't know, this whole shift thing, I think, I know, I think something's going to happen with the shift. There's two areas of the shift and, and this lack of hitting going on, I believe. Number one, maybe the mound moving back, they say a foot or two, or um, or the shift being a little bit more how where you can put your fielders. Yeah, because it seems like to me, you know, you get a guy who's – I know everybody says just bunt one down, the go the other way, but what's not fair about that is most of the major leaguers, okay, have been uh, uh, playing baseball really at a high level since they're 13, okay, mm -hmm. 14 yeah. maybe. And they got certain ways about them. And now to ask them to, oh, you go opposite field now. Like he's, even if he's 25 years old, he's been doing it a different way for 10 years now. Now the young kids coming up, you either got to instruct, you got to have every team, and this has got to be from Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball got to say, "Hey, listen, guys, make sure you teach all your guys. You got to go opposite field, otherwise this shift. We're going to have 15, 20, 30 no hitters a year, and or strike out and home runs because when they do connect, everybody's in such shape they hit bombs. But the Yankees, I mean, Yankees got guys batting 170, 140, 150. Every major league game, when you look at the box score, I love looking at the page in the paper right. with the box right. scores. Yeah. You look at the batting averages, it's horrible. Everybody's no, terrible. The batting average is not. And you're onto something at the same time. I'm going to go back to a few weeks ago. We interviewed uh, Bruce Fields. And um, it was basically, he talked about hitters' approaches. And one of the things that I think was integral is, you know, guys don't utilize the, the, Batter's box. You know, I mean, there's a great right. video on MLB Network. You can YouTube it. It's with Alex Rodriguez, Frank Thomas, and Pete Rose. Okay, now, again, Pete Rose, the hit king, you know, um, 
four, over 4,000 hits. He's he's talking to Alex Rodriguez, who asked – the first question Alex asked is, Yo, what size bat did you use, 33, 34? Pete Rose looks at him dead in the face and goes, no, 35 or 36. He goes, ounces? No, inches. Which, number one, they don't do that anymore. Everything's 33, 34 inches. Number two – you know, Pete Rose then goes into his whole dissertation, and Frank Thomas and Alex Rodriguez, these are these guys are with over 500 home runs each, okay? Their jaws are on the right. floor listening to Pete Rose talk about how he moved around the box. He never changes his swing, he said. He goes, I never change my swing, no matter if I'm 0 for 4, 0 for 8, 1 for 10, whatever it is. I never change my swing, but I do change my approach. You know, if I'm getting right. beat by a curveball, maybe I move up in the box. If I'm getting, you know, if I'm late, I'm a fastball. Maybe I move back. Is is a pitcher pitching me in? I'll move off the plate. Are they pitching me outside? I'll move closer to the plate. I never changed my swing right. though. And this is what Bruce Fields was talking about. You know, the guys don't do this anymore, and they don't use their approach. Now, what you're talking about with the shift, which is interesting, uh, actually, uh, Darling and them and the Cohen were talking about this last night on the Met game I was watching, and they talked about how they're actually considering vintage rule baseball. I'm talking rules that were from 1800. Okay. If you don't know, if you never saw the game, there's a whole little underlying of vintage baseball around the country. Yeah. There's a whole different, different game. The, the, the the fielders have to make a decision. Either the second baseman or the shortstop can only play one foot from the bag. Same with the third baseman and the first baseman. They're only like right. one step away from the bag. Now, they're not going this drastic, but the t- conversation they're having is well, I, I, you have to have at I, least two guys on each side of second base. Well, yes, I, I think I think, this, I think there could always be a shift, but I think it can't be as drastic uh, as it is now because the, the computer added for years now, and if you, re- if you research this, and oh, I yeah. remember hearing about this 20, 30 years ago, the only thing that the computer is a guarantee to get right is where the ball goes. Right. So in other words, if I bat, if I bat, if I get 600 at bats, they will say, Hey, Jimmy Palumbo hits the ball here and the percentages. And that's where they move the fielders. And so you're moving fielders now with, 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 with that's accurate where each hitter hits the ball. Right. Now, it's, never, it's, never, it's never perfect. And you can't, you, the computer is not as good as, Jimmy strikes out when it's 0 and 2 and his weird things like that. But like, it, it's where the ball ends up. Right. That's I mean, what they know. I, I, I was, so the, the fielders are perfectly positioned right. based upon, yeah. based upon 10 years of my career. Let's say if I'm a 10 year guy where the ball is. So you're, you're, and now like even Pete Rose, there's no way Pete Rose is getting 4,000 hits when you have after the sixth inning, the guys who pitched the sixth, seventh and eighth inning. Oh, right. You're facing uh, four different pitches uh, in a game. And they're all throwing 102 miles an hour, and 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 they know you you get in a mind you get in a mindset like, hey, I made the major leagues, I'm making six million dollars a year, right? Not it, a bad living. It, yeah. And my job, I get I get three outs in the seventh inning. That's all I get. So they go out there, they go. It's like it's like they it's go balls to the wall. It's adrenal, adrenaline rush. And sometimes, listen, <laughs> sometimes they get shelled. Major oh, yeah. league hitters are good, right. but it's it's it seems to me this home run strikeout thing. Um, and then the shift also adds this weird fielding thing where sometimes you'll see the shortstop is playing in a position and, and he's got to make a well, play. It screws up your, your scorecard because there are times the third baseman's over by where the shortstop would be. Right. And he's right. so instead of a six, four, three double play, it's a four, five, three double now, play or stuff like that. And I know they're trying to make the game shorter. Um, and, and stuff like that. And that's why I hate the extra inning rule, man on second. But you yeah. know what? I don't hate it as much now because it keeps the- it immediately it immediately starts this right. There's a game going on. You know, and I love they're bunting more this year. Right. Because now you get you get a pitcher on the mound, right? Yeah. And in extra innings, it's usually one of these eight million dollar guys who's getting one inning. Yeah. Now all of a sudden he's got a guy shuffling his feet over at third. He's not used to that. Right. And all of a sudden now you, you want to bounce one, you want to throw one of those Awful sliders, sliders that bounces in the plate. Yeah, you can't. Well, do if Gary Gary Sanchez is catching the game's over. Right. So you got that. So it adds all that uh, chess game stuff that I I think is lost in today's game. I, I don't know. Here's Listen, what gets me upset. Away from I, I know exactly. I feel where you're coming from, but here's what gets me upset: is as hitters, I I, I I'm baffled at why they 
don't adjust quicker to going to the opposite field, which you brought up before. You know what? But it might be an organizational thing. You got to remember these GMs now, this well, whole you're money pay, ball You're thing, paying guys millions of dollars, like you said. Millions of dollars hit the ball out of Millions of, of dollars, but, but a, a GM is telling – they're already telling managers when to put pitchers in, when yeah, to rest them. I know. There's I no way – you're not going to pay – you're going to pay a guy – you're going to pay you guys $18 million and now for, for hitting home runs and now tell them to, to go opposite. You're going to tell Aaron Judge to go opposite field? I mean, you know, I'm talking about pure opposite field, you know, where you where right. the guys No, no, I, I mean, uh, you know, I, 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 I wonder what Tony Gwynn would do. That's what, that's what I want to ask right now. I know, but you know what? What would Tony Gwynn guys, do? Rod Carew, what would they do? Uh, you know, um, Wade Bob. Well, Rod, Rod, listen, the, 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 you couldn't shift. Those are guys you couldn't shift on as much. No, it's more of these uh, these dead pull hitters. Um, well, I, you know, yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I did read somewhere that guys Tony Larusa would try shifting on Tony Gwynn, and every time he did, Tony Gwynn would hit it the where the person wasn't anyway. You know, that's how right. that's how good he was. I mean, that's it's that's. I just think, listen, taking nothing away from what Kluber did. He pitched a gem. He pitched I watched a gem. It. I was fantastic. Was, but but at the same time, you watch it and go like, and Rangers are a good hitting team. Yeah. And uh, and the other guy pitched well. <laughs> yeah, I felt bad for him too. But um, I just think I don't know if it's going to happen this year, next year, a couple of years. But I guarantee you, they're already doing the Atlantic. The Atlantic League is changing yeah, the mound with the electronic uh, umpire. Um, electronic umpire. Something's gonna. There's going to be a change in the next. I'm going to say within the next ten years at the major league level. Uh, to kind of make the game more about pure baseball, whether it's like you said, keeping players closer to the bag, yeah, so I, on and so uh, forth. I, I think they got to just start. I think, it, I mean, if a hitters just start adjusting and trying to go with it into the holes, but I, 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 I hear guess you it's got to it's got to start at the little league level, man. Yeah, you know, well, I mean, you you can't bring a guy up, look, as, and as, all of a sudden tell him do this. I don't know. He, he, I, I he hear what you're saying, but I can tell you at college, I, I can tell you right now, when we're doing batting practice, after the first, the first round is always four bunts. Okay. Everyone does four bunts. You figure you have uh, four or five guys in a group, maybe six. All right. Everyone does four bunts. Then they get up. I can tell you right now, the first, first six well, swings maybe, are opposite field. Well, maybe, maybe at the, maybe at the college level, that is something that is going on. I don't know. I don't know if that's a We're new big, thing. I mean, I'm, I'm big into that. I mean, I, I think it's, you know, plus I think, you know, I think about some of the guys through the years that we've watched as a Met fan, we always watched Mike Piazza, David Wright in their heydays were lethal going the opposite way to right center field. Yep. You know, I remember when yep. the Met, when the Mets built city field and they made right center field this this huge like you had to hit a hit a, a ton to hit a home run. We were like, why did you do that? You just ruined David Wright's complete swing. Right. You know. I know that. I, I, you know. I maybe that could be that another line. thing. Maybe they're going to go to stadiums um, outside of. Uh, you know, already I think the newer stadiums are more uh, round uh, round the field. Less. Uh, you know, not not Fenway. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Okay. Obviously, you can't change Fenway, but. The the newer um the newer fields I think are a little bit more conformed no Didn't symmetrical they kind of go to that? uh I know what you're saying they don't have like a like a like a you know Yankee Stadium years ago to left center field you know it's 480 feet out or something like that right no, they they, I think you know. they got a little bit more or maybe that's got to happen with new ballparks I don't know uh, yeah. um I think something's gonna happen but this leads to another another thing um what did you think about Larusa um. They put in a oh, uh, great. I know where you're going with this. Yeah. They put in a a, a a position player to pitch. The score was like sixteen to four in the last inning, and they put uh, the an outfielder they put, in right. They put they, like they put one of their outfielders in. He's a big and, guy uh, and the uh, young player, the young crazy. Who's player. another good, big guy for the white side? They're both. You got two big guys. When I say big, I'm not talking height wise big. I'm talking roundness. <laughs> and it was three three and zero oh count. Right, and he, and, he, he um, takes one deep. He hits one and, home run. And LaRusso was saying, take, pitch. take, take. Now, some players, the new, the old school, which I'm sure you are, you take there. You take the walk, you go on. Yeah. Well, but some, of the, some of the new regime says, hey, you want to put a position player in? That's what you want to do? I can't tell my guy not to hit it. Right, and, I, and, that's, and that's, I think, what I actually think in this, in this case, I think Tony LaRusso's – Coming off a little old fashioned, I really do. I mean, right. yeah, it does it, seem that it's, way. It's you know, here's where it, it's no longer a game. 
Okay, when you put a position player in the pitch, it's the game itself, the professional game itself is out the window. Okay? Right. At that point, and I'll, I'm going to give you an example. This happened years ago, like maybe a decade and a half ago, the Braves. Javi Lopez, who I was never a fan of because I hated the Braves because, you know, with the Mets competition. But that right. happened in a game where a team, they were, the Braves were playing, threw in a positional player. Javi Lopez, who was a right-handed hitter, came up to the box left-handed. Basically saying, well, you know what, this this game is a joke to begin with. You're throwing in a, a position play to finish it out, so you're saving your bullpen, okay, for the next the next day's game. I get that. All right. right. Let's make this a little let's make this let's have a little fun with this. I'll bat left handed. Right. You know, in that fashion, you know, the purism of it. I, I, you I don't lost the purism of it when you're putting it when you're putting a uh, an everyday player into pitch. I'm sorry. The, the purism goes out the window. That's true. That's true. It's it's. It, I, I go back and forth on it. I don't know. Um, first of all, I didn't like the Larusa hire anyway. I just think. Uh, listen, you, you, you're a coach, um, and you got. You're just, he's 78 years old. Um, yeah, I think he's a great manager, Hall of Fame. You got nothing left. You bring an old guy in like that. And, um, and the White Sox, and, the White Sox, who are loaded, by the way, are struggling right. this year. They're not. Well, I mean, they're not doing what people expected them to do. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. I think this is an experiment. Um, I think I think the White Sox should be embarrassed that they didn't have either a plan or a young manager in their farm system, mm-hmm. someone they can hand over the reins to that played with some of the guys. I agree. I mean, uh, manage some of the guys. Instead, they go with the old dog. Um, and I, I don't know. Um, I just, you know, uh, I, I love Tony LaRusso. I read his book. All his books are great books. If you ever want to, if you any baseball fans out there, anytime you read a book about Tony LaRusso, Read it. It's his oh, details you know and his way. It's 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 yeah. It's it's uh, three days in August is the greatest baseball book ever written, in my opinion. Um, and it's just uh, this guy is just he just you know he bleeds baseball. But you know, it's 2021. You know, right? It, that's it, just it. It's two thousand. Gotta move on you know, a little bit. I, people don't look. I, I'm going into the like I, I we. Joked about last week, but I, you know, I got the Cincinnati Steam Manager position. It's a college summer team in the Great Lakes. I'm excited about it. Um, when when does that start up? Starts actually June June sec June first is the first practice. Then we have the team meeting, meaning we're meeting the public who supports the team down in Cincinnati. Right. They're very affiliated with the Reds, by the way. Um, down at Champions Grill down in Cincinnati, where the, all the teams meeting and the press and stuff like that. And then the third, we have a practice. And June 4th, we have our first game. I mean, you just okay. go right into it. And then it's a, it's literally 42 games in, I think, 50 days. You have no roster decisions, do you? No. Uh, I've met with the GM. I met with the owners. Um, I, that makes, you, is this, this something? This is this, you, don't, you don't mind me asking. Is this a job that you wanted or or they, they contacted you? It, um, I happened to be at the right place at the right time. And hey, welcome welcome to the world. Right. You know, so um, it opened up. Um, I was presented with the opportunity. I did everything I could to jump through the window as fast as I could. (laughs) Right. Now, is this going to be a little taxing on your family? Travel? You're going to be away? We talked about They're going to let my son bat boy. So he'll be with me. So that'll be good. The traveling wise, it's, you know, for the most part, it's anywhere between a 30 minute drive to a two hour drive. There's one. That's not so bad. That's not so bad. There's one um, team field that the, the team, the team is getting bus to, which is toward okay. the East border of Ohio. Um, okay. The funny thing was I, you know, I'm with the GM and I'm looking at the roster and I swear to you, Jimmy, there are, I then looked at him and said, you guys got a step stool. You, you could give me in the, in the dugout because guys are big, right? <laughs> there's, there's four pitchers who are six foot seven, three pitchers who are six foot six, and five of the guys who are six foot five. <laughs> yeah, that's that's crazy. That's college. I'm like, where did they grow stuff. these guys? <laughs> now I'm, you know, it's going to be interesting. I'm wondering, you know, uh, and, and we'll 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 obviously we'll be trying to do the show. Uh, we might have a little crazy schedule, but we'll pull it off. Yeah. Um, I'm curious though, and you, so. and you may not be able to discuss this. I don't want to, I never want to know about individual players that we don't usually do that anyway, yeah. but I would like to know, like, are these kids going to come in 
you know, they're obviously huge D1 prospects and or playing D1 baseball. Mm-hmm. Are they going to, how much respect do you think you're going to get in the dugout? Or is that something you're going to have to set up because you're starting up so fast? How are you going to, I think I'm going to be okay. How are you going to be like, you know what? I'm, I know you know, what you're I'm, yeah. I'm the manager kid. So calm down. Right. Or do you got to, are you kind of a liaison with the, with the GM and you're kind of, I mean, in other words, are you going to be able to, if someone doesn't run out of ground ball, are you going to be able to bust his balls on it? Yes. Yes, I am. Okay. So, so here's what, um, these are, you know, you have to look at the college summer season in this fashion. Um, yes. Many of them are D one ball players. In fact, like 99% of the roster is. And, but at that level, you're in a grind. You know, your your day pretty much is um, get up baseball, get up long. workout, school baseball workout. You know that that's your right. basic. You know, and it's it's it, when you're doing things wrong, you like, you know keep doing drills. Keep so the college season is a little bit. Hey, look, I want to win, but I, my main role is to make sure the guys are getting playing time, that they're playing at a at a high level. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna stress this. You know, you got. I mean, we're looking for, to make you better, but I've also got to make it fun for you because you've already been through the ringer for the last eight right. nine months since since August September of 2020 till May of this year. You've had nothing but baseball school and workout, baseball school and workout. Right. You know, so let's try to make this fun. You know, some of these some of these kids are coming from different parts of the country. They're living with host families. You know, you gotta you have to act like a professional. This is gonna be your first mm-hmm. taste. You signed a contract. You know, if right. I, I went over this with the owners and the GM, you know, if a kid's caught taking liquor from the host family's liquor cabinet, you're on a bus the next day home. You know, you you acted appropriately, right. you know, you're on a bus the yeah. next day home. Yep. You know, it, it yep. is you know, it's 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 what was fascinating to me and I it really was somewhat special. Um, this was an organization. I mean, we had a, you know, again, and being from, you know, I went in a suit to meet all these people. And again, I wasn't sure how many people I was meeting, but it was the two owners, the the head of finance, the GM, uh, the person in charge of, uh, all the the host families, um, a couple of the coaches they have on the team. And big time, man, this is awesome. It was nice. You know? So I was like, okay, let's, we got to make this happen. So I, I show up in a suit, (laughs) and they're like, I have to get dressed up. I'm like, Hey, you only get one time to make a first impression. So, you know, here I am Uh, anyway, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. It should be good. Um, I, we've gone on, we've talked about baseball this whole time for the last time. What what do you think is your best? uh, How could I word this without insulting you? But I mean, I don't mean to what, what do you think? What aspect of the game do you think you could best pontificate to a kid? In other words, is it catching your catching experience? It's going to be probably hitting first and catching. And okay. it's, it's, I'm going to really discuss the approach of the game. And my thing with them is let's, you know, you're here to have fun, but you're here to do work. A lot of these kids, you got to remember something. A lot of these kids, because of the COVID year and a half. Right. They're all screwed up. Right. So they may be a sophomore academically or a junior academically, but they're only a freshman athletically. Right. So yep. their draft status is actually, at this point, because they haven't changed it, at this point, that is actually affected. So right. they need to be working on um, really so you, harnessing so you their game. you tell me, eight, maybe half the, half, the team, half the players on your team have a shot to get drafted. Uh, I don't know that yet. I, I but I get, you know what you you have to see. I, that'll be you have to you see. Have but to. being in the being the team is uh, the Cincinnati Steamer in the Great Lakes League. Their scouts come. Scouts do come. There is an All Star game. So if my if, I, if as the manager, if I'm leading the team and we're in first place at the time, I'll be managing the All Star game. You know, so there's things that are going to be you know pretty good with that. Um, okay. Yeah, you know, but I, yeah. it's it's I'm looking forward to it. I, like I said, that's I, awesome. I, like I said, I saw some of these the size of some of these guys, and I'm like, so it's, it's really seven. crazy. I'm like, I, you want to know what's a nice thing? Also, I've been emailing the coaches from where they come from: Indiana University, Lehigh, Dayton University, Cincinnati right. University, uh, Central Florida. Are and, you getting notes from them? Kind of things they I, want well, to see from I, a the kid? email I sent out was basically, hey, uh, you know, I'm the new manager of the Cincinnati Steam. Uh, your player, such and such, is coming to play for us this summer. 
Um, I want to make, you know, are there any limitations or, you know, there's something I need to know uh, that, you know, so I could send them back to you that they're ready to roll come August. You know, I, I, especially with the pitchers, I don't want to, you know, there might be some managers say, listen, he was my number one guy here. I only want him throwing maybe, you know, three innings a week, he might say to me. But that hasn't been the case so far. I've got a lot of guys because, again, because of the uh, pandemic and COVID uh, restrictions, a lot of the guys have been somewhat redshirted. And the coaches, a lot of the pitches I'm getting information on are like, you're like, no, if you could throw him, I, I want to see him get 20 to 30 innings if he can. I'm like, all right, right. we're going to throw him. <laughs> right. You what know? about things like, hey, the guy's a good hitter, but he can't fielding as loud as he get anything like that. I do that have a couple of scouting reports on one or two guys that, that apparently can rake, but have the hands of stone in the, in the field. Right. So we'll see what happens with that. I mean, there's not, my role is not, it's a little different than when I'm at the college itself in the season, because there's really no time to stop. Let's work on, our, let's work on our backhand drills at, at the shortstop. You know, well, you know, it's, it's let the kids play. Okay. Right. But you know, I'll talk to them in the dugout. I want to make it fun, but I'll talk to them like, you know, listen, if you're up there, what do you see right now from the pitcher? You, you, you're going to be hitting third this inning. Like, what do you see up there? Like, what's the guy, you know, what's the I guy I tell doing? you, to, to me, I don't know. I don't know anything about that world of coaching in that regard. But if, if you if you keep really studious notes somehow um, on the on the games and the players, and then after the season, uh, especially if you're trying to, you know, get yourself in this world of coaching, um, I mean, continue to get yourself in. Like I, I would think if I'm the manager of Indiana and I get like a nice little notes on some of his players, I think that would be invaluable, but are you just not going to have the time to do that? Or the, you know what? That's a great, first of all, I didn't exactly think of that, but that is a, I mean, if you want to impress, really you want to impress other people that hire. Yeah. I would be like, okay. Uh, you know, Johnny so-and-so at third, uh, only batted 600. I don't know if that's normal, you know, but a little notes on him. Trouble going, you know, but you may not have the practice time to do it, but anything analytical you can give or even uh, without, you don't want to, you don't want to, these are kids, you don't want to, uh, you know, something personal, but any little data that you can provide the manager. It's a great I mean, idea. Wouldn't, wouldn't you, wouldn't yeah. you enjoy that? At, yeah. at, uh, I mean, it was the thing, my, my head, my head taking over was the, my first thing was I want to make sure that they go back ready to play right away at the, the university college and two, that they're not getting hurt. You know, right. That those, but now that you bring that up, that's something I'm going to probably I don't know how you do it. Maybe you have a, sh- a, stat, a, thing, a sheet on each player uh, on a computer, and when you get home after the games, you just got to get on your computer. And yeah. even well, if they're just mindless notes, and then after the season, right. look at all your notes, figure it out a little better, and look at all the score sheets and really try to – I don't know. Maybe it's something you could do. It would be fun. That's a great idea. I'm actually, I'm going to figure, I'll figure out something. That's a great idea. And, uh, but that's great. I, I'm, uh, and this, I'll be able to follow online, right? In terms of wins, losses. You you got to do that. Yeah. The great lakes. I'll be busting your balls. I'm sure you will. It's the great lakes league, college summer league, uh, with the Cincinnati steam. We're in the South division. Um, so I'm looking, it's going to be good. I know, you know, the show's called Interlocking and Wise. We haven't talked about the Yankees and Mets at all. Well, Not we talked about Kluber. Kluber the Mets, but uh, the Mets are, you got to read the hospital report. There's now 13 right. guys on the injured list. It's, it's, right. I literally, I were, literally looked at the starting lineup last night and I went, who the heck is this guy? <laughs> I, had, I had to go into the, I went to the computer to look up his AAA stats because I'm like, oh, my favorite well, thing was this. Oh, you'll love this. Frankie Lindor's hitting second, getting paid $340 million contract. Batting third for the New York Mets. They just paid $1 to the Chicago Cubs <laughs> the other day. Cameron Maven. Oh, my God. $1. He stinks. Dollar. He was with the Yankees, I think. Or he played against the Yankees. No, he was, he was um, a Yankee. Actually, a decent season for the Yankees as a fill Isn't he like 35 years old? I think he's like 34. But he plays a solid defense. But he, he never really could. He was never that good of a hitter. Right now, though, they need I mean, they need bodies. I mean, it's, it's like, what well, the I, heck happened? It, it's funny how baseball, I mean, a week ago we were interviewing Colin Cosell, the PA announcer, and he was saying, you know, watch this team. I mean, and 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 all of a sudden a week later they stink. Everybody's hurt. They don't stink. They're actually, they're holding water somehow. I mean, they are holding water. They just, they're still in first place, but, but you look at that lineup and it's like, yeah, the injuries, uh, the Yankees are starting to get nibbled too, a little here and there. 
Uh, injuries, in, listen, we could talk about it. that. Should be a, a other show. Injuries in uh, in, in baseball, uh, in all sports, pro sports. Oh, it happens. You got to have you, a bench. You, you lay out you lay out your plan, and then you could take one injury. You could take the second injury. Next thing you know, you got Eleven. three big injuries, <laughs> and you got eight guys who are nicked. Yeah, and then all I, of a sudden, like you're doing a lineup, well, and it's like what? Right. The yeah. last just the Mets need to get the Mets get to May 25th. Technically, by date by injury list dates, they have three to four guys coming back come May 25th. Right. They just have to right. get to that point, you know. But who knows? Um, to me, it started with with you know um, with Degrom getting hurt. Uh, uh, it looks like he's, he's going to be he's okay back this weekend. Yeah, I, I just like that was that to me started the role of like uh oh. And uh, it seemed like after that, every people oh were like, "Well, if Degrom can get hurt, I can get hurt." Yeah. But uh, yeah, I hate to see, uh, I hate injuries because I rather hey, listen. If a guy stinks, a guy stinks. Yeah. I just noticed the Yankees put Clint Frazier on the uh, the injured list, and from a stiff neck, <laughs> so I know what it is. He's been looking up at the scoreboard and seeing 150, 140. <laughs> and he's looking back at the GM in the, in, right. in the booth going, you know, uh, when am I going to get cut? But uh, maybe sometimes these injuries are a little bit, you know, yeah. you just need to put well, them did, away did for a see, while. Did you see Kevin Pillar get drilled in the nose? Yeah, wow, that oh, was brutal. That was brutal, wasn't it? Oh, brutal. The guy brutal. How about the slide at second base? Did you see that? What's his name? Um Manny Machado, he slid like into the guy at second. No, I but he was about that. twenty feet from the bag. Did you see that? No, I'll, I'll, I'll look that up after this. Go look that up. Now you tell me. Next week we're going to discuss that. All right. I thought it was. He said, "Oh, I thought in between first and second, as if in between first and second, that's where the bag was. That's where he slid and took the guy out. You can't do that. No, you can't do that. No, it's bad. But anyway, anyway, hey, um, when we come back, we have our favorite segment." Yeah, Jimmy, what is it? Yes, indeed. Did you see who this guy he shot? <laughs> <laughs> what the heck happened to this guy? Uh, do you remember that guy? <laughs> Coming up in just a second. <laughs> All right. You're listening to Interlocking NYs with Rick and Jimmy on 365 Sportscast Network every Sunday at 8 p.m. Welcome back to Interlocking NYs. Uh, so here's a, our favorite part of the segment of the show. It's uh, Do You Remember That Guy? Which Jimmy? You remember it. that guy? You, that's right. right. Somehow Jimmy will find a way to screw it up. Uh, the hell happened to this guy? <laughs> is this guy dead? Man, you know. Anyway, we're, we're creating by a franchise. What, what, you know what, I mean? what was that? We're creating a fit. Fa- well, first of all, we can't get. We got to get the sponsor out. What's what? What is the sponsor's name again? www.centeroftheCup.com. CenteroftheCup.com for Thank all. Your absolute golf needs. They got everything on the website. Go check it out. They're our sponsor for, did you see this guy? He dropped dead. Is that the name? We're going to have a franchise where each different state has different names of the show. You can name it as you well, want. That we, should, we should do t-shirts, a random, like different t-shirts for yes. each, each name you come up with. Did you, <laughs> on our next segment, is this guy dead yet? So, so anyway, I'm going to start this week, and here, you, one of our fans, a friend of mine, I'm not going to lie, is a friend of mine, loves this segment, he does, and I was talking to him, and he loved the last show, and he's like, dude, you got to do this guy one day, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, I remember him, but I'm, so I'm like, you know what, Chris, this one's for you, I did research on him, he was an outfielder for the Mets, he only played five years in the big leagues. Five years in a bit. For what, when? What year of time frame? For his first year was call up in September of 1974. Did not make okay. the team in 1975, and then played 76 through 79. Okay. All with what the New York Mets. All with the Mets. What position? Outfield primarily. He did play occasionally right. first base, but mostly outfield. It was during the time of the, you know, his highlight is 1977, which of course we all know is the year. Tom, you know, Tom Siva was traded, and and so the, right. how good could that year be? But right, all right. <sighs> the player had a lifetime batting average of two sixty three. It's not too bad. Not terrible. On base percentage three twenty four, and his slugging was three sixty. His best year was nineteen seventy seven, where he batted two ninety three, three fifty nine on base percentage, and four oh seven. He played one hundred and twelve games. Okay. He wore number 26 because my friend insisted 
that he had a certain number. But he did his later years. He came up at number 26. His later years was number four, which is sacrilege because that should be Rusty Staub. But anyway, um, this outfielder That's- is Bruce Beauclair. Oh, I totally remember Bruce. Oh, he is part of the bad Mets. Right oh, the there. bad oh, Mets. Yeah. He, um, if there was a poster of like 12 Mets that consider the bad Mets, yeah. he's definitely on the poster. Um, I remember we used to imitate him in wiffle ball because that's the, you know. Yeah, he had a great that, stance. He did. Yeah. That, that's probably, that's probably the highlight of Bruce Beauclair's career uh, is his stance because so, we all copied it. You know what? I would have guessed his batting average was lower. Wow. Wow. Did he? How, how did he? Uh, he got drafted by the Mets, or he came? Got drafted by the Mets in 1970 in the 20th round. Uh, he wow. was born in Putnam, Connecticut, 1952. He's 68 years old currently. Okay, East Coast guy. Yeah, All East right. Coast guy, which is nice to see. His call update was September 11th, 1974, okay. and his last day in the major leagues was September 30th, 1979. And he never played with another team. Didn't he get tried picked up, he, in 1981. He actually went to Japan in 1980. And then in okay. 1981, he tried out for the Toronto Blue Jays, did not make the team. All right. All right. Okay. Um, Bruce Beauclair. Bruce wow. Beauclair. Now, here's the kicker of this thing right now is apparently it took me three pages of Google searches to, to uh, find some I information. I, um, <laughs> he's never been married, has no children. Okay. okay if you look at his timeline of, of um, notoriety, okay, you have 1970 drafted. Call update 1974, play through 1979, and then there's nothing and from 1979 to 2018. You want to know what 2018 notoriety is? What? His name, Beauclair, is urban slang now, meaning fed up or bewildered. So, really? so is that I, just because that's what the word means in French? I, or something I, like I, that? I, I it's it's like an urban slang word now, Beauclair. You, oh I'm, hey, God. I'm Beauclair he, with you. I'm fed oh up. Oh my God! <laughs> so, you know, I'm like, I'm like, oh my God! I guess I, I, I'll bring that up because there's no information on him. I don't know. I like, he's never been married, has no children. You don't um, even know what he does for a living. He doesn't work in baseball, I guess. I mean, I found. Some stuff I looked on LinkedIn. Maybe he was on LinkedIn as a businessman. There's no picture. I found the Bruce Beauclair, but there's no picture, so I can't verify if it's him or not. Um, what, is he, what, what did it say he's working? Oh, uh, hold on. It's actually his own business. He's a businessman, right. and it's it's. But it's one of these. It's, it's weird. It's like God, I don't know. I don't know what happened to this guy. This guy literally <laughs> dropped off the map. I mean, yeah, you you wonder. Well, he played in Japan, so maybe he spent time over there. Maybe. You know, I, I you believe know. that was a time where the, I could be wrong on this. Wasn't that that time where after major leaguers, Japan was taking them, and you were able to make some guys were making more money than they were making. Oh yeah, I mean, guys some of the Japan B players were making more money there. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I knew guys. Um, you know, when I was able to still do bullpen catching, and um, that in the winter time would. I'd catch him. They were, they'd have one year with a major league team, and then next year they were going off to Japan, and they uh, still make six so, figures. Yeah, I'm like so Bruce Beauclair. Now, uh, what, what season did he play the most? Seventy-seven, seventy-eight. He played all hundred, you know, hundred fifty no, games. He, kind he's of never, he was never a bit like a starter. He he never uh, a starter. That's interesting. No, in seventy-eight, he he actually platooned with one of our do you remember alumni, Elliot Maddox. Okay. <laughs> Flips the shades. Yeah, flips right. the shades. So, um, oh, that's wow. Elliot Maddox must have really stumped. You know, but I'm gonna, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, my, I was talking to my friend. He really, you know, he's like, oh, you gotta bring up, and you know, I, I was doing, I'm doing the research, and I'm as I'm trying to like gather information to talk about him, I'm actually going, this is the definition of suck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. But then again, but still five years in the big league. Right, he still had five he's years in the big league. He still played. You know, and you he, wonder. Well, yeah. you're gonna. It's funny. Uh, I, I don't know if you, are you done. We got. Can we? Uh, yeah, we'll go on because there's not much I, to talk about. I mean, well, well, well I, we're gonna run into the same problem. With my, I decided uh, <laughs> that I would I would do two players. Okay? You know, I, I actually because I was doing the timeout, but timeout, but but the two players are linked and they're linked I almost together. Did that also, go ahead. They're linked together. All right. And there's also a link to you. Oh, okay. okay? In in a weird way. Uh, you, you'll get what I'm talking about. Uh, number one, these two players, uh, the, the first guy played seven years, 
The other guy played eight years. Okay. All right. Yeah. The first guy's lifetime batting average was 200. Oh. The, the second Mendoza guy's life. The second guy's lifetime batting average much better. 211. <laughs> okay. All right. But he still had eight years of the majors. Okay. Exactly right. Uh, the the uh, I, I, I the time frame they played. Um, one guy was a little early. One guy played from seventy eight to eighty six, and the other guy played from seventy nine to eighty seven. Uh, uh, and the reason why the link to you is they were both catchers. Okay. Okay. And so I know you're going to know who they are. Rick well, you may not know the one guy. Now, the interesting thing is, I'll give you the names, and we'll start with one. The first guy from uh, Minnesota. Okay. Okay. Brad Goulden. Oh my God. I do remember okay. that. Brad Goulden. Uh, he played seven years. He batted 200. <laughs> he played on 79 and 80 with the Yanks. Um, he played with the Dodgers, Seattle, Expos, Cincinnati, and the Giants. Lifetime, he had five home runs, 87 hits, and 61 Ks in seven years. The most at bats he ever got in a season was uh, with Cincinnati, 292. Um, so he's never a full-time player, pretty much a backup catcher his whole right, career. Right. Um, two of his seven years, he had no hits. <laughs> um, but he's known, he, uh, he's known for a couple of things. First of all, he played in the game. He started for the Yankees in the game after Munson's funeral. Yes. Uh, after yes. his death, That's after his funeral, him. which the Yankees had trouble getting back on private flights, had to get back for the game. Yeah. And he's also one of the few major leaguers to get traded for himself. Really? He got traded for a player to be named later. <laughs> they waited a year, and, and then Seattle said, take him back. He stinks. <laughs> take him back. So we got traded for himself, which I think is hysterical. That's like the definition but, of getting traded for a bag of balls. Right. Now, yeah, right. So he would have been more. <laughs> listen, when you bat 200, he had some years where he batted 091, 188, oh. 163. Dude, can you imagine um, going playing a whole year, 162 games? You're a backup catcher. I get it. You're a backup catcher. You're going to get your starts every now and then. And you don't get a hit. And he did it in right. two seasons. Right. Wow. Now, now, keep in mind, it's funny how we were talking earlier about changes in the game. Back then, the backup catchers didn't, you know, a lot of backups. You didn't play that much. No, you didn't now, play that much. Now, with the analytics, you 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 play almost twice a week. You yeah. get Or you get in the game in the seventh inning uh, of games like that. But he was like your classic backup um, and he sells cars now in Minnesota, I believe. Um, and that's what he does. Now the other, the other guy also a catcher. So this, this is why I did them both because his name is Jerry Naren. Oh, okay. Jerry Naren. Good catcher. Now Jerry Naren to me, I, I, I knew this, some stuff about him, but I forgot a lot. You know, when you get older, you, you got to be reminded. First of all, Jerry Naren is most known for um, it was Munson died and they had a game that night. And, um, uh, the uh, he was the, the catcher who replaced Thurman Munson in the first game after he died, and he sat with. I read out he sat with Yogi Berra in the dugout. They took the uh, there was a rain delay on the, for that game. People forget that, and he took the uh, uh, he was able to take the uh, he took the field. He didn't take the field. He stood near Yogi. Right. He's, yeah. He stood. He didn't take the field. And they, Yogi they... Yogi told him, I'll, "I'll tell you when to go out." Right. We need we need to show respect. So finally, Yogi supposedly told him, um, hey, look, uh, you better go out there right now. This will go on all night. They're cheering so loud. So he's known for that. But there's a couple of things about Jerry Naren I didn't know. Uh, number one, he played eight years, only one year with the Yanks, which was 79. Lifetime batting average, 211. Played with Seattle Angels and then back to Seattle again. Okay. He only had 177 hits lifetime, 127 Ks. Um, but um, – the interesting thing was, I didn't realize this. I forgot really because it was 15 years ago. He was uh, he managed twice. He managed the Texas Rangers for two seasons. Okay, and he also managed the Cincinnati Reds for two seasons. Right. Yes. And um, he's currently the White Sox hitting instructor. So Jerry Naren is one of these guys that even though he wasn't that good a player, he stays around the game. He was, uh, he was he was a good defensive catcher. Yeah, and he's been in baseball really since 1979. Yeah, from the, at the major league level, he hasn't left the game. So that's you know 40 years. This guy is in baseball. He's also been, he was the bench coach last year for the Red Sox, and um, he was also the third base coach for Team Israel 
in the 2017 World Classic at Baseball That's League. Nice. So this guy, another weird thing about Jerry Naren, and you and I couldn't have possibly known this. He comes from a family of baseball. His uh, his uh, his nephew Sam. Uh, he's the nephew of a guy named Sam Naren, who played in the 30s and 40s. He's the brother of a guy who had a cup of coffee in the bigs. Uh, his name is his name is also Sam. He uh, and he was on a bunch of staffs up to a couple of years ago. Really? And also his nephew um, also played in the major league. So he comes from a family of baseball players. Hey, hey, he was also Josh Hamilton's accountability coach. You know, when Josh Hamilton I, went through trouble. I, now you're saying it. I remember that. Yes. They kept Jerry Naren was his guy. I guess he had experience in that arena. Um, and Jerry Naren had to leave him uh, from, to, from Texas to get another job. And, but he had to clear it with, uh, he said, listen, man, I won't go if you need me. But Josh Hamilton supposedly said, hey, you're a phone call away. We'll communicate via, you know, you yeah, got to but... do it for career. Go on. So, um, uh, but here's another weird thing, which I thought you'd appreciate. Jerry Naren is known, and the Yankees could desperately use this right now. <laughs> He's known as uh, the catcher whisperer. Is he? Like the dog whisperer. Yeah. Supposedly... <laughs> He is unbelievable at teaching framing. Um, uh, uh, what umpire call in the game framing? Right, the, right. Uh, what kind of pitcher do you frame? Uh, and he's worked with uh, uh, tons of different guys who swear by him. Guy in the Mets, McCann. McCann, he's, yeah. He's, he swears, swears by, by him. him, yeah. And Naren was up for the job when, um, what's his name? I had to get fired because of a cheating scandal. The guy who cheated in Houston. Mets uh, um, uh, hired him for an yeah, hour. Hank, uh, Hank. What's his name? It starts with an H. I know you're talking about. No, the guy two years ago. Hench. No, 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 no. Huh? What's his name? Star, Major League Star. Oh, uh, Beltran. Was Houston. Yeah, Beltran okay. was going to hire him. He was one of the rumors, him or Terry Collins, and that all went out with the wash. But he is really known as, like, uh, supposedly he sits with guys, they watch video, and he's really, he's done it for, for years. So I thought that was interesting that he's more of a catcher whisperer. Yeah. So that's it. Jerry Naren replaced Munson after he died. Brad Golden replaced Munson after the funeral. But in the game, they both replaced each other. Brad Golden came in in the eighth inning of that game. Right. And okay. Jerry Naren came in, which basically is what they're trying to say is they both weren't that good. <laughs> uh, and they both played seven years in the bigs. No, you mean classic backup catchers. I mean, um, you, you remember who won that game, right? The first uh, game well, back. Uh, Yes, Louis Tion uh, pitched against McGregor. Tion threw a two hitter, but the Yankees lost two nothing. No, no, no. We get Munson. The game after Munson's funeral, they won. Oh, Bobby? that's the one. No, no, I'm sorry. Bobby Mercer had Bobby the big Mercer home run, the, big hits. Yeah. Yeah. That was on Monday Night Baseball, back with Cosell. And right, right. Because um, yeah, I remember Reggie Jackson crying in the right field. Yeah, over yeah. during the national anthem, and then uh, but Bobby Mercer won that game. I remember that. Yeah, Mercer had like three hits. He, I think he got every RBI. And they won five four. I think. Yeah, they won. They um, yeah, he had a big day. But uh, uh, and they were they were tight. So anyway, I thought that was interesting. So Jerry Naren, um, much more. Uh, I, I didn't mean to lump Jerry Naren guys guys involved with Major League Baseball for forty years. Right, he's got to do Brad, something right. I mean, and, and Brad Goulden is selling cars. <laughs> you mean to lump them together? But and then we have I no thought, idea what Bruce, where or who or what Bruce Beauclair is doing. <laughs> Not nothing at all. I mean, it's sometimes it's hard to find what these guys are doing. Yeah, you really got to go on Facebook or Twitter. But I, you know what? I think that LinkedIn is probably right. Bruce Beauclair. Uh, Bruce is it's, not that especially the way you spell his name: B O I S C L A I R E. I think I, I had. Mean, there his can't be too many of too. them. I wish I had. You know what? Everybody says I wish I had my old baseball cards. But not, not for the value for all the lousy guys that I had. Right. This it's amazing. Yeah. You know, I literally, it, now it takes me, because I'm trying to always one-up you or try to come up. Um, I, I was worried, uh, we, we have to maybe discuss this. Like, you can't go with a guy, like Brad Goulden is really pushing it because yeah, he I mean, didn't he, play he, that much. He didn't play that much. And I don't, only guys like really yet, hardcore Yankee fans would remember, remember him. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I wasn't sure, because you can't, it's not fun if a guy played two years in the bigs. I mean, who cares anyway? You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's got to be a guy that the true fans, but listen, I'm a Yankee fan and I remember Bruce Beauclair. Um, and I do remember Jerry Naren mostly because of the Munson thing. Right. Uh, 
But the and, and, and Naren only played uh, with 79 with the Yanks. He was gone. He got traded after that. So uh, that's what Rick Cerrone also, came up. Was it was when Rick Cerrone came up. Yeah, that's that? exactly Cerrone yeah. replaced yeah. him. Um, but anyway, those are the two things. And they both have articles. When you Google, they both have publicly talked about how close they were with Munson and what a great guy you he know, was and, know, and so on and so forth. I know, forth. you know, being the interlocking NY show, it's, you know, you're the Yankee on the Met anyway, but I do, one of the things that's always fascinated me about Yankee lore is I remember uh, growing up, you know, no one's ever touched Thurman Munson's locker after right. his, after his un, unfortunate death. Um, and even when Derek Jeter became the captain, he the locker was next to Thurman Munson's right. locker, but no one ever touched it. And then uh, they, they brought that the, over to the new stadium. The, yeah, they had it uh, standing there with some things, which that was that's always made me sad. I think uh, Lou Gehrig's locker, same the thing. One, they left yeah. Lou Gehrig's locker up for a very long time. As a matter of fact, Lou Gehrig's locker might have been there till they renovated in 76. I have to check that. Um, if you look that one but, up, that'd be a good one to look up. Yeah, the Yankees are classic. I mean, there's so many things that ha- even, you know, after the funeral, Bobby Mercer's his best friend and Bobby Mercer wins again. You got uh, 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 David Cohn pitched a no-hitter on a day they were celebrating. Um, oh, yes. Uh, uh, yeah, the no-hitter World Series. Don, the no-hitter uh, was Don, Don um, not Don Drysdale. Oh, my God. My senior moment. Anyway. And then Derek Jeter's three thousand home run. It has to. I mean, three thousand hit. It's, it's a, a home run. run. Right. I mean, like his last so at a game winning hit. I got. I. Yeah. I mean, even uh, <laughs> even uh, you know, all the way down to Lou Gehrig. They make a movie. The movie becomes a huge hit. You know, oh. most people only know Lou Gehrig from that movie and then B from Lou Gehrig's disease, which is now uh, and and rightfully so. I'm glad they call it ALS. Uh, yeah. Because for years it was known as just Lou Gehrig's disease. And it's a terrible it's a negative disease. connotation on him. Yeah, it's only, it should be ALS. And yeah. uh, well, you know, I'm hoping. About, I'm hoping, but we haven't talked about it yet in the show. Is that you know that Mrs. Cohen, the Met fan, starts right. starts busting Stevie's Uncle Stevie's chops, and starts going, "When are you retire this guy's number? When are you going to retire? Oh, you, you know, like when are we having a memorial? When are we having like a statue for this guy? You know, like to me, I got to be honest with you, to me." They should retire Keith and Anders' number. That's my one thing. I, I think they should. Well, him and Gary Carter. Um, yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, again, it depends on what his wife wants to do. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> we've gone off the rails, but do you remember that guy? If, but <laughs> if she has, if she, if she wants to have a, you know, if she decides to have a gala rather than retire numbers, then that's what they're going to do. <laughs> You know, like, do, do they want to have old timers games again at Shea Stadium? Well, then, you know what? Yeah, they, actually, I heard they are. They're gonna have. I, I really think they should. Uh, matter of fact, if I worked for S, if I worked, if I worked for the New York Post, I would be. I'm sure she has a Twitter. I would be constantly asking her questions like, "Do you think you guys are gonna sign? <laughs> do you think we should do this?" <laughs> and God forbid she answers once. I actually got a. You know what? We we should really scour or maybe ask our audience. Someone will email us. I really wonder if has there been an article about not her? She's not involved, I'm sure. But is there like the influence on his wife on the owner? This there might be an article written on that. I don't Other know. than we know they're both fans. They <laughs> both used to go to the games. You imagine? I think it's hysterical. It should be talked about. Like, you know, <laughs> you know, you mean if you're a player, if you're a third year guy and you're batting two twenty and you go early in the game and you see Cohen's wife. Yeah, yeah, maybe you gotta say hello. Well, worse <laughs> yet, worse yet, you go, you go in. You're batting two twenty, and you've been that way for like a month. And there's a note, a handwritten note in the lock in your locker, and you could tell it's written by, you know, female handwriting, so much neater than, right. you know. But I'm, I'm, I'm like, and it's from it's from Mrs. Cohen, right? And it, but what if the note says something like, uh, uh, "Let me know if you need a real estate agent." Like that means. <laughs> I hope you didn't buy in this area. Are you still renting? <laughs> yeah. uh. I hope you're still renting. How much longer you got on your lease, uh, buddy? But uh, uh, that's just a running gag. But I'd love to know, like, you'll never, obviously, you don't want to, she's, she's not, well, they both own, I guess they both own the team. I mean, you know, the husband and wife, but I would love to know if he, um, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but you never know. She may be, Maybe she, I don't even know if she works at the, does she have an office? Does she have a position? Sometimes they do. Sometimes, I, I mean, I know she's involved with the community service stuff, so, but I don't, right, right. 
Maybe there's so she probably there. has she probably has her own office at. I will have to look up the on the Mets.com website. It does give like the like the office staff. You know, yeah, I'll let's look, do that for I'll look you. Know what? You know what? Okay, I, I, I made you do Danny Heap. I'll look. I'll I'm gonna, look. Now, I, I love to give out assignments. Oh yeah, fantastic. Your assignment is to find out what the heck happened to Steve Cohen's wife since he bought the team. <laughs> <laughs> so next week, when you do what the heck happened to this guy, I'm going to give you two minutes on exactly what what uh, what's going on with his wife. What's what her is title? Steve Cohen's wife stuff? doing in the New York Mets uh, organization? This should be interesting. <laughs> You know what you're gonna find out? You know what you mean? She's not working with the community. She's actually working with the catchers right now. <laughs> <laughs> and she's got a rifle in second base. That's so funny. Because that uh, you never hear about owners' wives really. Uh, I know the LA Rams football, she was involved, but he he drowned in a pool, the guy, and then the, the, that blonde she, in the 70s, she she Carol Ro- Rosenblum or something like that. She took over for years with the Rams. But you don't really hear about sports owners' wives, do you? I'm trying to think, who would be the most popular? I know uh, the daughter of a Laker guy uh, was dating Phil Jackson. She, she now she runs the team, but that's only the daughter. That really, that, that's another no, good I mean, question. I, in, I mean, yeah, I'm thinking about that. Who's the most popular? Well, the Mets, I mean, wife? Yeah, Joan Payson took over. Uh, she was the, yeah. the original owner. Um, right. You know, I mean, in Mets, in Mets history, in Mets that. history, actually, what was in it? Uh, uh, pitcher Benson, his wife was more popular than him because she was a. Uh, oh, she was a model. She and was, all that yeah, stuff. model and all like that. Yeah, she dressed That's up as great. the sexy Mrs. Santa Claus that one year. Yeah, pictures were all over the place. I remember that. Yeah. Me and my buddies used to text back. Chris Benson was the pitcher, and his wife, I think, was Ann Benson or something like that. Yeah. Me and my one buddy who hates the Mets, like I love the Mets now. I love the Mets yeah, now. You know, but uh, yeah, that's that could be something that's we could it. go into. We'll find out about that. But again, so we had some Bruce Beauclair, Brad Goulden, and Jerry Naren. Uh So this the segment oh, is man. these guys are lousy. They were lousy <laughs> then. Like, although Jerry Naren has been in Major hey, League Baseball for forty years. So he's he's got to be doing something right to be sticking around. Got to be doing something right. So. You know. I mean, it makes you wonder though. Some of these guys, you look at their career stats, and yeah, I mean, Clint, how did they, how did they I'll stay give you for that one. long? I'll give you another one. Clint Hurdle, if you remember, he came up as a him. Met. He was a great manager, great manager. He, but he's been around the game for how many years? He was never that great. I mean, he left them. He was traded from the Mets. He went to the Kansas City Royals. He had a decent career, but he wasn't. You know, well, look, Jerry Naren uh, was a catcher, defensive catcher, and he got hired as a hitting coach. Yeah. So it, it must have to do with with their ability to break down film or or to how you must get hired not only on your how good you were but how you were able to your personal skills to explain it to a player. I, that's yeah probably which yeah. give which, which gives is, you hope. Yeah, which, which gives, gives me hope because that, that's the so process, man. That's the process, man. <laughs> yeah. So if somebody asked me, you know, five years from now, if you're a a big time coach and someone says, what the hell happened to this guy? So I'll tell you, he did, he did the interlocking NY show and he knows how to talk to kids and he coached in the summer league. And somebody said, I want you to manage. And next thing you know, he had to move his family. He's divorced now, but Hey, he's a team one coach somewhere. Oh, from your lips to God's ears, except for the divorce part. Okay. <laughs> oh no, uh, I know. Yeah, you she, she, he, she knows that. He no. moved his whole family to Southwest Louisiana where <laughs> The family's miserable, but the team is 16 and one. Everything's good. <laughs> so funny. But anyway, so that's it. So we got no hitters, bad catchers. And uh, we always end on a Steve Cohen's wife note. Matter of fact, I insist we talk about Steve Cohen's wife every year. Uh, I don't even know what she looks like. Well, it's, we it's, get it's, off, well I'm totally you know, research. it's Steve Cohen's wife. Your, you know, your, your AKA uh, character, um, Johnny Trino has come back. Johnny Trino. You got yeah, a hit yet? Which is, which is, no. It's you, going you still horribly. an 0 for? You still have a hit? Johnny Trino is 0 for 14 on oh the season. God. But uh, uh, the game got canceled tonight. I play on Sunday. You probably went, oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the, 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 we're doing some funny videos. You can check it out on the Jimmy Palumbo show. Uh, yes, on, I've watched them. On the Apple podcast. But, uh, yes, I don't know where, but I'm, I'm I hit the gym a little bit. I lost a few pounds. Johnny Trino will be back. He'll be back. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Interlocking NYs with Rick and Jimmy every Sunday at 8 p.m. on 365sportscast.com, Spotify, iTunes, and Google Podcast.